What did you do for Labor Day? I stocked up on hurricane supplies. <laughs> Are you part of the reason Tallahassee's out of work? Um, yes, I am. But <laughs> here's the thing. I was really proud that I went Monday because I was like, I have the day off. I'm just going to go run some errands and it's yeah. going to be fine. So Kelsey and I went to a bunch of stores and we bought water and charcoal and stuff just to prepare, you know. Yeah, smart. Um, I don't think anything's going to happen to us bad in Tallahassee except maybe being without power for a couple of days. I was about to but, say the trees are the problem But the trees are the problem. Um, so I bought charcoal so I can grill stuff and, you know, we can still eat. But Monday there was still a bunch of stuff. By Tuesday... Oh, there's the, nothing. All the water in Leon County was gone. I went today. There's nothing. Yeah. Jordan grabbed a couple bottles of water at the gas station last night. He also couldn't get gas on the way home. Yep. So, yeah, things are reaching a panic mode that I feel like normally comes later. Like, if you've grown up in Florida. Yeah. Especially here, where yes. we're not... We're not my parent, bait, I was like about to where say, I'm from. Yeah, my parent, I just remember growing up, Andrew really did yeah. hit Tallahassee pretty hard, but that was years ago. And Hermine last year mm-hmm. was bad. Again, it's because of trees. Yes. Knock on wood, but like flooding hasn't really ever been a problem in Tallahassee. It's it's all the trees. Like my parents, yeah. there are trees surrounding their home. So they are leaving, like they're right. going to leave because they don't know what could happen. Sure. Um, and they could be without power. Right, basically. no, and that, that makes sense. But there are like, grad students in my program who are like, well, we have to evacuate because of flooding. I'm like, well, here's the thing. We're a hundred miles inland. Yeah. We're 200 feet above sea level and we're not near any body of water. Right. You're, I think we'll be okay. I think we're going to be fine. Again, check back with us now. We're recording this a week in advance. We're recording this on September 7th. So like. Things could happen. Things could happen. And we might be, I don't know, picked up by a cyclone and thrown across. Yeah. Clear into Kansas. Yeah. Oh. Jordan hates that movie. <laughs> Wizard of Oz, really? Yeah. Huh. I mean, I think it's a little weird, to be honest with you. I mean, I haven't seen it in full in years, but... We used to come on, like, once a year on Sunday night mm-hmm. in full color, which oh, makes yeah. me sound ancient and old, but, like, they really did oh, advertise it, like, <laughs> this is a big deal. It's fine. It's fine. I like it. Welcome to episode 136 of From the Front Porch, a collection of conversations on books, small business, and life in the South. My name is Chris Jensen, and I am never not tired anymore. And I'm Annie Jones, owner of The Bookshelf, an independent bookstore in beautiful downtown Thomasville, Georgia. So they picked a new bachelor. I didn't know this. Yeah. It's weird, right? Yeah. So it's it's a guy from, from five years ago. Look, did you even watch that season? No. Okay. So I watched that season. I, first of all, I liked Ari. He was a very aggressive kisser. Mm. Um, well, I'm not going to say aggressive. He was a handsy kisser. And uh, she liked it. Sure. But I always rooted for Jeff with one F. He was a skateboarder and sold charity water. I was a fan. It was 2012. You know, it really was. And I look back and I'm like, yeah, that seems accurate. Also, I feel like I never thought I had a type, but now when I look at the Men I find attractive. I'm like, oh, no, I do. They're all (laughs) small, nerdy, little, (laughs) adorable men. (laughs) Seth Meyers. (laughs) I told somebody about my married crush was Seth Meyers. And first of all, they congratulated me because that's a good pick. And second of all, they were like, well, he does look 
kind of like Jordan. A little bit. And I was like, oh, he does. Um, so Jeff was 1F, was who I was a fan of, but people loved Ari. Mm. And I think we're very surprised he wasn't The Bachelor the next season. But this is kind of like Donna Tart getting the Pulitzer. It's too little too late, my friend. Right. It's so many years later. Ari, no one cares about you anymore. And no one, like, current watchers of the show don't even know who he is. Do you think Peter said no? Yes. Okay. I was talking about this with Todd this morning. Like... Peter, the reason Peter lost is that he didn't want to play by the rules of the show. Yeah. He didn't want to get married after six weeks. Right, he didn't want to have somebody. to propose. Um, it's this bizarre marriage at first sight mentality that the entire show is structured around, which is inherently stupid. Which is so dumb. And, like, he said as much, and they were like, all right, well... But it could have been fun to, like, watch him break down the barriers of The Bachelor. Yeah. The Bachelor's not ready for that. I was going to say, I don't think The Bachelor is ready for that. <laughs> They're not. Um, but while we're on the subject of TV, <laughs> let's uh, seamlessly transition into talking about the Emmys. I love award shows. I do too. They're I love next TV. week, the They're 17th. next week. I'm, I just love, you guys, words can't express. Except I used to like do parties and stuff. Sure. I don't have people in my life who want to right. do that with me anymore. That's fine. They all moved. <laughs> but I still am going to be sitting on my couch, like, with popcorn. Like, I'm excited. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like... Award shows are like my Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. I also don't mind watching the Super Bowl, but... <laughs> I, was say, I think last week you referred to yourself as the biggest football fan, so... <laughs> I don't think I said that. Oh, you did. Between the two of us, <laughs> for sure. Um, I do enjoy football, and I felt a little different, but sure. I like I like TV. Mm-hmm. You like TV. Mm-hmm. We address it a lot on we the show. We talk about TV a lot. This is basically a books and TV podcast. <laughs> yeah. Collection of conversations on books, TV, Television and life in the South. And life in the South. Um, really more accurate. Yes. So... We wanted to talk about some of the TV shows that are based in books. Mm-hmm. Like, that's pretty cl- like pretty clear. There yeah. are several shows this go-around, this award season, that are based in literature. Right. And I think, f- first and foremost, probably most obviously, is The Handmaid's Tale. Yes. The Hulu original series. I actually just watched it two Good. weeks ago. Okay. Um, so I'm finally... You're ready. Caught up to the cultural lexicon. Yes. I can talk about this. Months later. Um, months later. I mean, I read the book a yes, long time ago. Which is more I, than most people I read. taught the book several years ago um, in a like dystopian lit kind of class, but I thought the show was very well done. I think the show is extremely well done. I, um, I think Elizabeth Moss is phenomenal. She is. I also read an interview with her that was fantastic. Did you know she's a Scientologist? Yes. Have we talked about that, this? I don't know if we have, but doesn't that kind of color your understanding of the show, too? Yes, yeah, so weird. This, like, quote-unquote religion that is extremely oppressive to women. Yes, like, that was very interesting to me. Um, but I read a really great interview with her, and one of the things that was interesting is those scenes in the show where she is... It's her diary entry. Like, uh-huh. it's clearly her voiceover. Mm-hmm. She memorized those, which um. I just assumed all actors memorized everything, but I, I know that I'm wrong now, uh, because her director was like, hey, you don't have to, I think they call her Lizzie, like, Lizzie, you don't have to memorize those. And she was like, yes, I do. I want to be able to, on my face, know, like, because she's acting based on what right. she's already and spoken. And even though she's not on stage, yes. on screen, I suppose. She, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, and she wanted, in the moments where she was silent, but mentally supposed to be talking, she wanted her face to match the words that had come out uh-huh. of her mouth when they were previously recorded. Uh-huh. Anyway, it was fascinating. Um, I found that show to be extremely intense. Mm-hmm. And I think I had asked you if you thought I should read the book because 
um, I get really uncomfortable. Like, I don't watch Call the Midwife. I don't read books about painful pregnancies or birthing. Because um, I might want to have children someday. And I I feel those things very deeply. Sure. So I, had, I did not read the book. I decided to try the show and mm-hmm. see what I felt about it. And Jordan and I were both pretty hooked. But it is... Um, heavy it's very heavy i mean if you're not familiar with the premise it's basically the idea that like some christian terrorist sect has kind of destroyed the united states government and taken it over and established a a new like tyrannical state called gilead Mm -hmm. um in which fertile women because in this world fertility rates have gone down so much that they basically capture fertile women and force them to bear children for the aristocracy. Mm. And they're called handmaids. Um, And they justify it, like, with scenes from the book of Genesis. And it's a really weird, messed up, heavy story. But it also is timely in a really scary way. Yeah. It's really timely. Um, Jordan and I, I mean, there are scenes, obviously that will make you extremely uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to make you uncomfortable. Right. I think they want you to realize this, the starkness of mm-hmm. it. Um, I teased somebody that, like, <laughs> this is a show that will make you grab all your parts. Like, yeah. like, like yeah. you just yeah. had, like, I remember watching it, like, and I would find myself, like, clinched up. I did like, that, too. And I was just like, this is what happens, Rory Gilmore. Yeah. <laughs> Which, can we talk about her? Was yeah. she nominated for an Emmy? Um, I, think I she, didn't look, but I hope she was, because this is maybe her best performance ever. Ever. And I want. I wonder why, like, I thought she really was good in the first few episodes of Gilmore, not episodes, first few seasons of mm-hmm. Gilmore Girls. I felt like she weirdly became progressively, like, whinier, and I didn't know if that was a character, character choice right. or what, um, and sure, I liked her in Sister of the Charlie Pants, that's fine, but, um, Not she's, everlasting. I did see that in the theater, uh, <laughs> wearing fake glasses for the first time, Aww. had a headache when it was done, um, but I think this is her, this is her best performance, yeah. I think that role was almost made for her, yeah. she, the kind of manic, like, she just reaches a point where she just kind of loses it, I don't know, it was really, all the performances I thought were pretty powerful, mm-hmm. um, who's the guy who plays... Um, oh, Joseph Fiennes. Yeah. He creeps me out. Oh, he was so creepy in that role. Yeah. He's really in makes such a me good super way. Uncomfortable. I, I think he I think he voiced Pharaoh in Prince of Egypt. Oh. That may have been Ray Fiennes, his brother, who's okay. also Voldemort. Yes. But the creepy runs in the family. It does. Right? Totally does. Um well I I really liked The Handmaid's Tale, but yeah. I will confess I didn't read the book. Sure. And and something I'll say about that is the show makes explicit a lot of things that in the book are more implicit. Okay. Um, it will show on screen more things that are kind of suggested in the book and elaborates a lot more on backstory. Mm-hmm. We get little flashbacks in the book, but not to the extent that we get in the show. Um, and we find out what happens to, like, um, of Glenn, mm-hmm. uh, Rory's character. What is her name? Alexis Bledel. <laughs> She's just going to be Rory to me. <laughs> Sorry. Um, like, we see what happens to her in the show, and that's, again, implicit yeah. in the book. So, One thing I do love about when a television show is made from like a backlist title mm-hmm. like this is it, as a bookseller, it brings a backlist title to the forefront again. Yeah. And I know publishers love that, but as a bookseller, it's fun too, it because I feel like, we've talked about before, I read so much front list that I really don't get to read backlist anymore. And TV shows, even though I chose not to read The Handmaid's Tale for now, um when TV shows or movies happen, it does give me a reason right. to like go back and revisit 
backlist titles because I know those are the books customers are going to be talking about. Right. And because of the handmade sale, we sold a lot of copies of that book. I sold it this morning. And then her new, uh, yeah. Margaret Atwood's new book, we um, also sold Hagseed. So anyway, I that's one thing just as a book seller that's kind of neat. Another thing that's really interesting about the show though is that like there's they've been renewed for a second season. Yes, so weird. But the first season ended at the end of the book. Yeah, that'll be interesting. They'll have to create um, new content. So they're creating brand new content. They're building onto this story that was already finished by Atwood, which is interesting because the book has an epilogue mm. that the show does not use. Okay. And so like they could fill it in with anything mm-hmm. and still keep that epilogue yeah. intact um which i'm very curious about and even adding content wouldn't change the epilogue of the book and the canonicity of the book so very curious about what that's going to be they've got room they did the same thing with the leftovers on hbo okay um the first season was the plot of the book mm-hmm. and then they did two more seasons after that okay i haven't seen those seasons i've heard they're better than the first season which felt too tied to the book yeah um and i like a little first bit season. more freedom i guess as a creator right. to develop these characters in new ways um but that's that's weird and i think we're this is really kind of the first time in book and TV history where that kind of thing is happening. Yes. I think. I could be totally wrong here, but but I like that. I And I I like that, and then I also like things that end. Yeah. So, oh, same. So, like, Big Little Lies is a great example. You know, one of my friends commented, oh, I wish they would do more of this kind of thing, and I almost wish they would use the cast of Big Little Lies and do what Ryan Murphy does, where oh, he yeah. just keeps, uh-huh. like, doing these shows with the same actors. I but, love that. Um, I, because I felt like that team of actresses was so powerful and so well suited to each of their roles and they could do all of Leanne Moriarty's books I feel like um but Big Little Lies is something I really enjoyed but I'm also grateful they're not trying it's just one story they're telling one story over what was it like seven episodes six or or seven yeah um and then it's and it's done Mm -hmm. like we can finish and move on like I really like I think in British TV, it's just TV. In American TV, it's like a miniseries yeah. or whatever. But I I loved Big Little Lies. I thought Reese Witherspoon was made for that role. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I loved the book, and so seeing it come to life was really fun. That's Yeah, and I haven't watched that one yet. Oh, you need I to. I know. I really want to. And then I was going to, and then I didn't have HBO for a while, and okay. now I have HBO again. And yeah. I can watch it now. You should, because I, I think it's really... Well, first of all, it's beautifully shot. Right. Um, it's just so it's just pretty to mm-hmm. watch all of their ginormous mansions by the right, ocean right. and stuff like that. The music is really good. Um, I think I yeah I bought the soundtrack on iTunes. <laughs> the music is really good, and the performances. Um, I was really impressed. I'm not truthfully. I'm not always impressed by Nicole Kidman. But sure. I thought she was really great. Um, I, and I don't know if she's been nominated or not, but, uh, Big Little Lies to me is deserving of any praise it gets. And I'm consistently impressed with Reese Witherspoon and she continues to pick projects like this where she falls in love with a book and then goes and creates a movie based on it. And I, I like that. Was she in Mud? Was she? Did you see Mud? With Matthew McConaughey? Yeah. I'm trying to remember who was it. Who was I? Don't think it was Drew Barrymore. I, I think it was Reese Witherspoon. And I don't was... remember now, but it was an, another very good role for whichever actress that was. And now I feel terrible. <laughs> Why did I even bring this up? I don't know. I'm gonna edit this whole thing out. Probably not. Though. <laughs> I'm just gonna leave it because I'm human. Because it is what it is. It is it was what it is. Um. Okay. Can we also talk briefly about Fargo? Yeah, because Fargo does this really interest interesting thing, kind of between miniseries and what Orion Murphy does, yeah. where it's a self-contained season that's, like, tangentially related to the other seasons, Yeah. 
but it's a different story, different cast, different, I mean, a couple overlapping cast members usually, but... Not much. It, and and the reason I wanted to talk about it is he, Noah Hawley, published a book, was it two summers ago or last, last summer? Last summer. Last summer out in hardback, and this summer it's out of paperback, um, Before called the Before fall. the Fall, which I felt ambivalent about. Right. We talked about it. And I and I read the first chapter and couldn't get past it, and okay. then I gave you the ARC, I think, Yeah, it happened. Yeah, I think so, and I read it for my book club. Uh-huh. My book club... My, if I recall, my book club was kind of divided, but many people in my book club whose tastes I really mm-hmm. love and respect loved that mm-hmm. book. Ann Bogle, who we talk about frequently, I think adored that book. So Before the Fall got me at least curious about Noah Hawley's work, right. but I never had the opportunity to watch Fargo until recently because we bought into Hulu because of The uh-huh. Handmaid's yeah, Tale. Yeah, I did the same thing. So <laughs> finally got to watch Fargo. So have you seen it? I've seen seasons one and two. Okay, I haven't seen I've the seen. third yet. Yeah. I think it's phenomenal. It's so good. So it's Noah Hawley writing, yeah. but then he's also kind of adapting from the Coen Brothers' work. Yes. And the Coen Brothers are some of my favorite filmmakers. Yes. Noah Hawley has quickly become one of my favorite TV writers, so yes. it's just... Everybody playing in each other's sandboxes. Yeah, it's amazing. I went into it, like, of course I've heard rave things, and I think it's up for Emmy Awards consistently. But I, because it's a few years after the original hype, like, Mm -hmm. I kind of got to go into it without high expectations, I guess. And Jordan and I, like, I was addicted. Like, I needed to watch it every night so I could find out what happened. And I found it a lot more maybe redemptive than Breaking Bad or something like that. Yeah, no, I think so. And so, and I loved... I do. I don't know if it's growing up on books like Little Women, but I do occasionally like a moral tale. And I feel like Noah Hawley, in Before the Fall, he certainly did. And then I think in these two seasons, he wove in some moral mm-hmm. lessons and things like that. Yeah, yeah, I don't think he's above that. No. Um, and Martin Freeman's character. Oh my gosh, Martin Freeman! <laughs> what? You, what? Where what? have we been hiding? <laughs> what on earth? What if you're right and everyone else is wrong? Oh, he is... He is terrifying in, yeah. that, in that show. Um, Billy Bob Thornton. Also Billy Bob Thornton. Amazing performance. Yeah. Um, in the second season, Kirsten Dunst. Yeah, one of the best roles of her career. Yeah. She, easily. I feel like she and Alexis Bledel should be writing thank you notes. And Ted Danson. I know you like Ted Danson. Ted, oh, look, no spoilers, but when Ted Danson was like in peril, I was like, no, not Ted not in Ted. his hair. Like, please, I just love him. But you know what I love is normally when I watch him on TV... I still get remnants of Sam Malone. Not Not, not in this character, even a little bit. No, he was completely believable in that role. He felt like this Midwestern sheriff. Mm -hmm. Like, I completely bought into it. Jordan and I, I love, I mean, we have very similar tastes anyway, which is a blessing for our TV watching, but we both, like, we think this show is just phenomenal. It is. It's It's so good. It's easily one of the best shows I've ever watched. So I'm curious what he does next, because I read that season three, he thinks kind of ends the story that he wants to tell, which I wish people would let him leave it there. Just do it. Yeah. Yeah. Let him stop there. Well, because already it was like reviving this movie from the 90s. Yes. Um, And it's a very good Good movie, movie, but it didn't need to be rehashed and we were all like because i was paying attention to tv a lot when it was coming out we were all very wary of it yeah, like, like what's the point of this yes. but then it won us over yeah quickly so um, he knows what he's doing so like let him tell his story and move on to the next story to tell and so the next thing he did was legion okay which was also on Do fx like i loved legion okay um it's an X-Men story, kind of. It's yeah. just about, like, one character that he took from X-Men and told his own kind of original story around it. It's a, a man with incredible, like, psychic powers and mutant powers, but who also has, like, a, a schizophrenic personality kind of disorder. Okay, I remember seeing um, that And 
it's hard to tell what's real and what's not in the show, and that's what's so interesting about it, um, because the characters don't know, yeah. the viewer doesn't know. Um, it really keeps you going. Do you think he's a creative genius? Because, Noah Hawley? I think he might be, yeah. Because he tell. I mean, normally, like, the creators I love, so, like, I love Nora Ephron, but, but she creates in the same kind of vacuum. Like, yeah. she tells similar stories, right. and she's good at it. And Noah Hawley does not. No! All his stories all are very over different. The place, yeah. But they're all really good. I mean, I didn't love Before the Fall, but I didn't, but other people really did. Uh-huh. And so, I, you know, I feel like some people liked that. I, just because I didn't, didn't mean right. it was poorly done. Was it his first novel? Do you no, remember? No, I okay. do not think it was his first novel. I think I thought it was, and then right. I looked up, and he's written some others. Um, anyway, I just, I'm glad you've seen Fargo, too, because yeah. it was so no, good. No, Fargo's incredible. Um, let's talk about some of the shows that have been nominated, yes. and then some other kinds of books that we can recommend around this. Yeah, so we're going to kind of play this, uh, if you like this, then read this If game. you like this show, then read this book. Yeah. Okay. All right, so what do you got? Okay, so the first show I've got is The Crown, uh-huh. which have you seen this? I haven't watched that one yet. Okay. Netflix it's, original, it's about Lord yeah. Queen Elizabeth II. Yes, it is really good. I put off watching it because I was sick of hearing people telling me that yeah, I would like it. Same. And so I was super, I don't know what that is about my personality, that's like, I'm not watching it then. Well, then I watched it and loved it, so I stayed oh. corrected. Um, but the obvious pairing is The Royal We, right. which I've talked about many times on this uh, on the podcast. But if you like The Crown, that's an obvious pick, although set in much more modern right. times. It kind of tells the story of William and Kate. Um, fictionalized. And then I also thought Crazy Rich Asians, Mm -hmm. which I will fully admit is a book that I started and could not get into. But again, it's a book that receives a lot of rave reviews, Mm -hmm. and it's about this one family. And really, that's what The Crown is about. It's just about this one And it's a trilogy, right? Uh, I think it started with that one, and the third one just came out. That's right. Um, crazy rich, it's crazy rich Asians, and then there are two more follow-up mm-hmm. stories. I'll have those listed. Um, yeah, so that's my first one. Um, and I want to talk about Handmaid's Tale a little bit. Okay. Again, um, because it is this kind of dystopian novel, and I've read a lot of those, but I think the ones that are most similar thematically, Children of Men by P.D. James. Okay. Um, is it starts from the same premise of like a loss of fertility and nobody has had children in many years Mm -hmm. but then there's one girl who conceives and it's about like protecting her um and it is very interesting there was a phenomenal movie that came out maybe 10 years ago um by alfonso Cuarón, who's one of my favorite directors he did harry potter the prisoner of azkaban okay he did gravity oh Um, yeah (laughs) very very good director yeah um so i highly recommend that book great story also recommend the movie um, and then Parable of the Sower by Octavia Butler okay. is kind of a similar thing of adapting a bunch of biblical language to tell a different kind of story. Um, and it's about a woman who is born with the unfortunate ability to feel other people's pain. Oh, you've talked about this one. And how she has to, like, leave society. Okay, because she can't handle Because she can't right. live in society. Interesting. Yeah, it's super interesting. Uh, I chose This Is Us, uh-huh. which I feel like is one of the few shows nominated that's not like prestige television. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Like I do. It's, it's not on cable, I guess. Right, it's it, on NBC. It's on NBC. I couldn't get into it. Um, I couldn't either at first, and I honestly think that's because I was, again, whatever it is in my personality, stop telling me I'm going to love it. Mm-hmm. Um, so we watched a couple episodes, and I liked it, but didn't love it. Same. Then we stopped watching it, mm-hmm. and then we recently finished them all, and I did like okay. it. It reminds me... Well, and I don't love all of the character storylines. Sterling K. Brown can do no wrong in my book. Yeah, and so his storyline is the one I care about the most. But I do kind of, 
I like the premise. I also feel like you go, Milo Ventimiglia or whatever your name is. <laughs> Jess is all I know you as. Jess. Uh, you go, Jess, because I have always found you attractive and I have proven correct. Peter Petrelli is how I know him. <laughs> so, yeah. So, um, anyway, I have friends who love This Is Us and we did wind up loving it. It reminds me of The Wonder Years a little bit. Yeah, kind of yeah, has yeah. that tinge to it. I got it. that for sure. Um, I would recommend, if you enjoy that show, three books The Nest, which you've heard me talk about before, mm-hmm. Modern Lovers, because that is about a family. We don't often get books about middle aged parents. Yeah, um, yeah. I feel like we get books about like young parents, but this is a book about middle aged parents and uh, one of them like used to be in a rock band and like coming to terms with being like you're really solidly in adulthood now. <laughs> There's no turning back. Um, that book was excellent by Emma Straub. And I feel like not as many people talked about it as The Vacationers, but mm-hmm. I thought um, Modern Lovers was really good. And then the third book, which I haven't read, but I'm very intrigued by, and it's been recommended to me by people I trust, by readers I trust, is called Adopted. Yeah. And it's by Kelly, I do not know how to pronounce her last name, Nick. Nikahandina? I'm not sure. Um, You can find it and put a link in the show notes. But it is nonfiction. So a lot of This Is Us and, like, the friends that recommended it to me, adoption is a passion of theirs. And obviously adoption plays a big role in the storylines of This Is Us. And this book, um, somebody compared it to, I believe it's called Wearing... I think it's called Wearing God by Laura, Lauren Winner. Um, so it's like a spiritual book, mm-hmm. but about adoption, the concept, the concept as a whole. Right. Um, so anyway, I'm really curious about it. I ordered it for the store because I want to read it. Um, so I would recommend that. if you're. If and you're there's another this. new fiction book that's on New York Times bestseller list right now called Before You Were Ours. Oh. Um, that I also think is the same Okay, same theme. kind of theme. Um, do not know anything else about it. But I remember but the you premise. Know the best wall, but so. I do know the bestseller wall pretty well. Um, good. Another one that we haven't talked about yet is Westworld. I didn't watch this. I loved. It's not your cup of tea. Yeah, I knew you had um, talked about it. I I love it. I'm actually going to be presenting on it at a panel at the South oh. Atlantic Modern Language Association next month. Nice. Um, two months, whatever. Um, haven't written that paper yet, but get on that, man. I'll figure it out. Um, but Westworld was an HBO original sci-fi show that. I thought was really well done. It got a lot of flack on the internet because it's the internet, but <laughs> but I thought the show was great. Okay. Um, easiest recommendation is Do Andrew's Dream of Electric Sheep. Okay. Which inspired is that what? Blade, Blade Runner. Runner? Yeah. Which the, did you see the Blade Runner preview? Yes, I did. What do you think? Um, I, I I don't know what to think about anything. Looks anymore. like Blade Runner. So fingers crossed. I don't know. So, if so you like, why not just stick with the original? I don't know. I don't know, but Ryan Gosling, I'm here for That's you. That's true. That's true. I know you love Ryan Gosling. <laughs> I do. He's the a little only... he's a little out of type for you. He's the only blonde I like. Other <laughs> than Seth Myers. Seth Myers isn't blonde. Seth Myers dirty is, brown. is blonde. He's not blonde. <laughs> DM me, folks. I want to know. You've told me about your clear glasses opinion. <laughs> I just, I just want to know. What you That's think. my proudest moment. Getting our entire listener base to tell you no to clear glasses. <laughs> Seth Myers. Um, but another one that's kind of newer is um, that's comparable to Westworld, I think, is Ancillary Justice. Okay. I've read this. Maddie has read this. Yes. Um, Maddie really likes it. I thought it was all right. Okay. Um, but I, I liked it enough that I would like to read the sequels. wonder if The Salt Line, a new book. Yeah, really I'm curious about that. Title. Um, I don't really know anything about that one, but I, I've seen it. Yeah, Maddie's a fan. Um, it's kind of a little more space-based than Westworld, but it deals with similar, like, identity okay. issues of, like, what is human, what is non-human, and what counts and what matters um very good story um 
Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt oh. is nominated for a couple. I'm honestly surprised by that, but good for them. Yeah, well, because for me, like, I like the show when it's about people other than Kimmy. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I like watching Jacqueline. I like watching Titus. Yeah. And Kimmy's plotline is never interesting to me. I just me. didn't finish the most recent season. Did you get to Divi Diggs? No. Mm. Okay, well, then now maybe I have incentive <laughs> to continue. Um, Divi Diggs is working on a new show called The Mayor. Nice. Uh, which I will be tuning in just to see what role he plays. Um, but if you do enjoy The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, these are not the same in tone. No. They're the same in content. So, uh, or premise, I guess. So, I like the book The Girls as a comp title because again you kind of got this cultish vibe mm-hmm. because of where Kimmy comes from um, The Girls is by Emma Klein it came out last summer it was like this rave big hit oh yeah I thought it was good um, The Assistance is my other comp title because it does have that bitey, biting kind of witty sense of humor and then all of the protagonists are female and I do feel like one thing Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt does well maybe um you're not a fan of Kimmy's plot lines, but I feel like that's a very female-centric show. Oh, it is, for sure. And really female-driven. And so the assistants, the women in that book, hold the power. Um, And that is kind of how I feel like Kimmy Schmidt is once they have kind of left, what do they call it? The, the, what is it? When they leave the, why can't I finish this sentence? I don't know. What are you talking about? Where they are. Where they are with the cult. Down oh, in the oh, ground. Oh, oh, the bunker. The bunker. God, I knew it was a B word. I was like, the burrow? Like, I can't finish the this sentence. <laughs> the bunker. Once they leave the bunker, I feel like Kimmy, part of the show is really her learning to be empowered. Yeah. I just, I wish they would deal more with her PTSD. Her PTSD. Because they do a, a little bit. Yeah. But like. And when they do, I think that's the episodes I like the most. I agreed. Like, when she is realizing she's got to stick up for herself and things like that, that's when I like that show the most. But anyway, yeah. the girls and the assistants are two comp titles. Um, what about Stranger Things? Stranger Things is a show I love. I did too. We get a new season next month. I don't know what to think about that. That's one I'm, of those shows where it, I'm like, should you have stopped? It could have ended. Yeah. Uh, although, did you see the trailer? No. It looks really good. Okay, good. Well, that gives me hope. Um, you and I both decided Meddling Kids. Right. Is Which neither good... of us have read. Right. Kate on staff loves it. She thought it was really great. It's getting stellar reviews. She was quick to say that she loved it, but somebody came in thinking it was a children's or a oh, YA no, book. Oh, no. It's very much she was not. like, no, 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 no. It's an adult novel. But the premise is essentially that, like, the the what are they called the scooby-doo gang like have, have grown up yeah. and are now solving a mystery but it's not like actually those characters it's but from it's... a book i cannot remember kate t- uh-huh. told me all about it um so it, it's a i think the confusion is that it's based on like these kids from a children's book or right. something right. and now they're all grown up i think based on scooby-doo maybe it is i think it scooby-doo. is um and they've they've grown up but it's not actually those characters just characters who look like those characters right and which is an interesting aesthetic choice yeah um i i kind of want to read it i just yeah. know that i don't have time it looks like you could really enjoy yeah. it yeah it might um, be a good october read yeah that's a good idea so I'll that's what i've it. got that's good and then what about this last one on your wrist Ma- La- yeah. master of none master of none is a show i enjoyed i haven't seen season two yet. i loved season two okay it was divisive because it did a bunch of like episodes that did not feature the main characters. Okay. It did three or four of these that were just about other people. Oh. Um, and then it was a very co- emotionally complex 
couple of finale episodes. Okay. Um, I think that show gets emotionally complex. I think so, too. I think it's really well done. I still love the episode about his dad. Mm -hmm. I don't know the title of that episode, but that episode from season one was my favorite. Mm -hmm. I also liked Nashville. Um, Yeah, I think the basic, obvious comp, and I'm sorry, this is so obvious, but modern modern romance, romance, I feel like, obviously, Aziz Ansari has the themes he's trying to explore, Um, but then I also thought, for a fun, light take, read Bottom Up, that's one that um, I really enjoyed when it came out, I guess, last year. It's a quick paperback, fun book about, yeah, what it's like dating with text and Tinder and all that stuff, so. All this different stuff. That really changes the way we interact with other people. Yes. Um... Good. I think it's that's a it's good. It's a pretty good round list. That's a pretty good round list. Round out list. You wanna you wanna close us out? Yeah. We're at the bottom of the barrel again. Started out strong, but now we're coming up thin. Oh, we Cast her lots with all the devils of sin Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God From the Front Porch is a production of The Bookshelf, an independent bookstore in Thomasville, Georgia. It is produced by Annie Jones and Chris Jensen and edited by Chris Jensen. If you're interested in purchasing any of the books we've talked about on today's episode, you can do so at www.bookshelfthomasville.com forward slash shop. Big thank you to Forlorn Strangers for the use of our theme music. It's called Bottom of the Barrel from their album Forlorn Strangers. You can learn more at forlornstrangers.com. And maybe while you're on the internet surfing around, I don't know what you do, you might like to support us on Patreon. Several of you, since we announced this last week, have already begun to support us, which is wild. Um, You've donated a monthly subscription to us, and we want to reward you for that. Um, because we do this because we like it, and if you want to help us out for it, that's great. We we love that, but please check us out on patreon.com slash fromthefrontporch. I will email you a password that you can use on our website, fromthefrontporchpodcast.com, and you can access a monthly or a weekly newsletter, um, some deleted content from the show, a monthly bonus podcast called Unpopular Opinions with Annie and Chris. <laughs> It's a lot of fun. You can also find a full back catalog of our show with detailed show notes and links to further reading. This week in the bookshelf, we had a fun story time that ended not as planned. Yeah, so I always ask the kids, um, okay, what do we say when we finish a story? And they always say, the end. But I had one little boy who just looked at me and went, bye-bye, and like waved (laughs) waved at me. And I was like, you know what? That's fair. That's accurate. So... On that note, thank you guys for listening, and we will see you next week. Bye-bye.